Hi, I'm Robert Martin, and this is the Men of Magic Podcast, a one-on-one interview with the best that Magic the Gathering has to offer. This week on the Men of Magic, I am joined last minute by my special guest this week, Christian Calcano. Hey, guys. Let's talk a little bit about your schedule, the combination of the GPs and the Star City Games Tour. How do you keep up with that? Uh, that's a good question. I just I just do it, you know. Like All I try and do is, is go to every event I can. So all the money I'm making, it, it all goes towards that. So I just, that's all I try to do. I haven't been doing the Star City as much as the GPs. Like, I, I think I've only been maybe to, I want to say, eight opens this weekend, this this year. So I haven't been to that many. What do you think are your weak points of your game currently? I feel like Limited is definitely my best game. So my worst game is definitely Constructed. Also, playing certain decks in Constructed, if I had to choose between a deck the day before a tournament, well, I shouldn't choose a combo deck because... I know I'm not very good when it comes to playing combo. There's just so much you have to know about the deck in, or, in order for you to, to pilot it well, I believe. That was one of the mistakes I did in Philly. Just chose on that. I chose to play the, the elf combo deck instead of playing like Zoo. Just because I felt that elves was the better deck, but it wasn't the best deck for me, which was what happened. So basically, learning how to play different decks Learning how to play combo is definitely something I need to get better at. Learning how to choose what to play, what's best for me, I need to get better at that. Also, the tilt is all a problem. It's one of those things that sometimes, you you know, you take a bad beat and sometimes you just can't handle it and it, it ends up affecting your game. about your strengths? I guess my, my strengths, I guess it will have to be limited then. I love drafting. I, lo- I love uh, building decks. Is that where you feel most comfortable? So if you were at a sealed event mm-hmm. for a GP, you'd feel more comfortable than, say... Absolutely. All, all my best finishes were were unlimited. I, I have uh, three Grand Prix Top 16s, and I have two Top 32s, and those are all unlimited. Whereas my Top 64s and Grand Prix, they're just all unconstructed. So you're looking forward to San Diego. I believe San Diego is in a spot. Yeah, and like not only that, but... I'm doing Montreal this week, and this week I just chose that uh, I'm going to go to Milan for the limited Grand Prix there, and then I'm going to go to Chile uh, two weeks after that for the limited Grand Prix in Santiago. Wow, very aggressive schedule. That doesn't, the travel doesn't get to you? No, especially since those are, since each of those events are weeks apart. Like that, that, that so that, that definitely helps as far as uh, traveling that far. I try not to, you know, I try not to let the whole fatigue and all that like get me. Like it, it does when like you go on the stretches of like five tournaments in a row, you know. Like I did, I did that like a couple of times this year, and but, you know, once you once you get home, you just you just you just crash on your bed, and you know, you're just happy it's all over. Let's talk about the future for you. Mm-hmm. A year from now, what should we be expecting from you as far as your anticipated goals for next year? Next year, I mean, I just, I expect just a little more of it. Like, basically what I'm doing, what I've been doing the past two years, but just a little more because next year there's more degrees. Like, my goal for next year is to, is to try and play full time. Like, just every week, just be at a Grand Prix. And, and mostly in North America, because if I'm going to travel that much, 
I probably won't be able to go to as many overseas Grand Prix as I would. I'm just going to try and play more next year, and hopefully, uh, depending on what they end up doing with the Pro Players Club, you know, hopefully achieve a, a higher level in that. So let's try this out for five years from now. Are you expecting then to be a consistent level six pro if that system still exists? So you're pretty much being able to go to every pro tour event in five years. Five years, oh, man. I would say yes. I don't really. Cause I, I just. I'm not sure right now what what I'm gonna be doing five years from now. I'm basically just just going with the flow of magic, just taking it as it goes, and uh, just seeing where it takes me. So, like as of right now, I would say I would definitely be on the floor five now, still playing. Right now, you're not a part of any group for major events, like the Channel Fireball team has their group, and then they bring in Brad Nelson and Kibler and stuff like that. What do you think needs to change to make this happen? Oh, man. Like, I feel like we need someone done it before to just, like, I, I forgot, someone might have said this before, but, like, basically someone to just, like, rally the troops, get us organized, and just get done, you know? Like Jerry T or you know, like Gerard Fabiano, Osip, Leverdowich. Someone who's who's been a part of successful testing groups in the past who, you know, maybe want to make a comeback or something and just get us all together and, and just do it, you know? Is there a possibility with the schedule we talked about next year mm-hmm. that it could lead to potentially burnout or diminishing returns as far as how your play goes? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I can't add that there won't be times where I'll just be just burned out, exhausted from all the travel. Like, I'm, I'm ready to... Like basically, if I have the opportunity to do it, I'm, I'm definitely gonna take it, for sure. That's definitely that's definitely what I I want one, at least one year full time on on the tour, and on the Grand Prix circuit, just just uh, doing that. Is there a player you model your game after? Model my game after. Like if you look at somebody that you've seen either in the past or present that goes that plays a certain style that you've adapted to. Oh man, there's definitely someone. Is it like the ideal? I would I would have to say like it's probably Martin Juza right now. Like it, it doesn't get much better than Martin Juza as far as how you play on the pro tours. Explain to the people while why doing this tremendous schedule, including the Star City Open series that you've done of, has helped you prepare for the GP and pro tour. I mean, it, it gives me. It's just like an, another, it's just another big event series or, you know, money, with money on the line. Like it's kind of, it kind of puts you like in the same, same scenario as like a, a GP, I would say. And it's, it's almost the same feeling, just knowing you're playing for thousands of dollars. And I say it's the same because it's also like all, all my friends are also there. Because like I've become very good friends with a lot of the uh, Star City Grinders. So it's just it just feels like another GP basically. How many hours a week do you spend playing Magic? Not including tournaments. Not many. Actually. I, I hardly I hardly ever play when I'm home. Like uh, this past few this past couple of weeks has been the most I've played Moto in a while. Yeah, I just I'm not at a store I play at, especially since I work at night. So I don't really play much Magic at all while I'm home. Do you consider yourself a deck builder? Someone a grinder, a tinker. It means someone who edits decks or a sideboard specialist that plays with the other fifteen. I'm like right in between a, a grinder and a tinker. I would say, like I definitely I, I like building decks too. Like when, whenever, whenever, 
like a new like a new format comes out, I'll just like brewing ideas and, and and seeing how it goes. But uh, it never really goes well. So I I just I try to stick to tinkering. Like I like waiting for a big event. So like this, let's see for for standard. Uh, standards coming up. Uh, like the new formats. I think the first tournaments in Indianapolis. Like basically, what I would do is, I would just see like what decks do well. I look at what decks do well, and what decks I'd like to play out of decks I did well. Kind of like mostly I look at to play like control deck. That's my style. So, I would just take whatever control deck did best and uh, change the change some numbers around and just change it to my liking. Do you think the new Planeswalker rating system? will mean that very few, if any, will ever drop from a tournament? Well, definitely less people will drop, that's for sure. Less people than than it used to. I'm not sure how many people will actually drop, because basically the people who don't drop are the ones who are going to try and grind it out, whereas people who do drop are the people who don't, just don't really care. They'd just rather play like a side event or something. You talked about your schedule being difficult because you work nights, but if you could, would you be playing in F&Ms or other locally sanctioned tournaments due to the new system? That's the thing I thought about. Like, for Montreal, I, I'm also thinking about just playing in the F&M. I guess if, if I could, I would, just just because there's a lot of points to get there. Like, you, you can get, like, even if you don't 4-0 every week, you, you could still probably pick up at least maybe 400 points in a season or more than that the F&Ms, which will be the deal breaker. Basically, if me and Edgar play the same events and he plays F&M and I don't, well, he's he's gonna qualify on rating, and I'm not. That's just basically the way that system works. So I, I would definitely consider it. Is there anyone in Magic that you look up to? Anyone in Magic I look up to? Well, right now, I definitely I look up a lot to the three grinders right now: Juza, Shuhei, and uh, Yuya, because that's exactly what I want to be doing. Do you ever get nervous when you play Magic? Yeah, actually. What situation would make you nervous? A playing for day two of a Grand Prix, that always gets me going. Or just basically once I once I start getting into my head, uh, what oh man, like if I if I win this game, beat this record, and that like once those thoughts start creeping in, then then I start getting a little nervous or whatnot. But then I just I do my best to just keep it together and uh, not not mess up because of it or something. Is there a current player that you play against that you currently have their number when you play against them? As far as pros go, yeah, I think I have Owen Turnwell's number right now. It's been uh, let's see, like I beat him at Grand Prix Kansas City. I beat him at Pro Tour Amsterdam. He got me at Worlds, but th- I think that might be the only times we've played. But there, there might be another time where we played, and, I, and if so, I, I know I got him there. That's an impressive thing to have on your resume, considering the fact Owen's player of the year right now. And also, like, he doesn't have my number, but, like, there's kind of like a rivalry going it's, uh, between me and Ochoa. Because we, we, we've, we've played, I want to say, like, four times already in the past, in the past, like, year and a half. Where I, I won the first two, but he's won the last two. So basically, the next, the next time we play, you know, we're looking to settle the score, basically. So. Does those kind of matchups, are they, yes, they're serious, but are they more fun because, You've won two, he's won two, and you kind of both know it. Yeah, we can just joke about it and stuff. I love playing against the pro players. It always gets me excited, and I feel I feel like I have more fun playing Magic when I'm playing as a pro than when I'm not. Is that one of the reasons why playing the Open Series may be more difficult for you, because you're not playing against the level of competition? Um, like, I don't want to like, say that. I don't know. I just don't know what it is, you know. 
Like I, I did well at one of them, but there all the pros were in the the one I did well in. All the pros were in the invitational, so I guess I don't I can't go that far. But I don't really know why I haven't been that successful in the open series. It just this is what it is, I guess. Does the rotation and losing blue eye Cobblade make for a better format or a worse one? I think that's still yet to be determined. I think right now Cobblade's the best deck. I know, I know on Magic Online, the past two weeks I, I've been playing a bit of Constructed, and all I've seen is Mono Red, Valakut, or, or Birthing Pot. <clears throat> I hardly, I've ran maybe into like three Cobblade decks the whole time I was playing. At least personally, like I'm, I'm already bored of this standard format. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to Innistrad and see what, see what happens with that. We'll just, we'll just have to wait and see how, how the new card play out. Have you been taking a peek at the spoilers? I've seen it. I've seen it. But like when it comes to me and spoilers, I, I'm I'm thinking just 100% limited when it comes to spoilers. And there's people that 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 I, I tell them, wow, this card's insane, and they're like, what are you talking about? It's unplayable. I'm like, what do you mean? It's a bomb unlimited. And they're like, oh, that's what you mean. I'm like, yeah, you know. So, is there a card right now that's got you excited for limited in Innistrad? That I like that one card, the one that gets back a spirit every turn. It's like it's like an air elemental that gets back a spirit. The one one spirit. A white angel gets back a spirit every turn, I believe. That 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 card seems pretty sweet. When you draft in tournaments, you say you like playing control. So does mm-hmm. that mean you lean more blue when you draft, or do you just kind of flow with the cards? I, I tend to flow with the cards. Like if I know if I feel blue is the best color, there are a few formats where I feel like like there's definitely a color that's for sure better than the other ones. I would try and get into that color if possible. Maybe take a, a slightly in, in that color than like a better card in a different color, just just to be that color. In the 11 draft, I always wanted to be either blue, black, or white, because I felt those for sure were the best uh, three colors in M11. But now in M12, I'm I'm I want to be green, red, or, green, red, or white, because uh, I don't feel I feel that they're by far the best colors in in M12 right now. So. How much magic do you watch at a tournament? Like, let's say you win quickly. Mm-hmm. So you win in 15 minutes, and you're sitting there with another 35 minutes left in the round. Mm-hmm. How much magic do you watch after that to see how other people are doing? I don't watch it that much. I watch a bit. I just I try and like you know, just for my friends and, and see if they're still playing. Just and just to catch up the board state and see uh, maybe find out what the score is or whatnot. But uh, basically, I, I'll just walk around, and if I see any match that I think is interesting, I'll just maybe stop and watch it for like a few minutes, and then and then I uh, keep it moving. What is the best part of being at a pro tour event for you? Seeing everyone I know, you know, seeing all my friends, having a good time, friends that, that live abroad, like the, friend, the 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 foreign friends I've made, seeing them that's always fun, and just making new ones too. Yeah, I made I made a lot of new friends uh, in in Philadelphia, like a lot of foreign friends. You seem to have no problem crossing those borders, barriers. Why? Uh, I don't know. I just I just want to try and you know, so, like I, I I try and learn li- little bits of uh, other languages too. Uh, like I know when I was drafting in in Philadelphia on the side, like uh, we drafted with some Japanese players, and and I w- I was talking to some of them in in Japanese, like. The little bit that I know, I, I was talking to them, and, and they, they had a good time with that. So 
I, I don't I don't want to just sit there not talking like not pl- and, and playing magic. It's just not it's just not fun. Do you think that the ability to communicate, as far as you see, certain people play magic and they don't say anything. They're very stoic. They just kind of grind through their match and then they'll say thank you for playing afterwards. Do you think yeah. that's an advantage to you because you're very outgoing? An advantage you mean like playing? Yeah. Not not necessarily because uh like there there, there are times where I can be like that too. Like I, I'm just like all business focus on the match, so so to say it's an advantage. But I try and have fun with it sometimes just to not have it be I just wanna not be all uptight and feel like uh that, that makes me Man, how do I don't want to say this. But, like, basically, I feel like if I can line the mood a little bit, I'll probably play better. Or has there been a situation where you have played that the game has been completely in your control and someone top decks something on you and completely changes the board? How do oh, you how do you compensate for that? Oh man. <laughs> Well, that was usually the first thing that happens. Yeah, I, I, so mostly when that when that happens, like I, I kind of try I try not to lose it. Yeah, that's like that's all, that's all you can really do, you know. Like it, at nationals, last uh, this past nationals, I, I made the mistake of letting my opponent take back a block. The, the scenario was my opponent was on three, I'm on five, and I attack with a three three and a two two, and he. He blocks the 2-2 and, like, just cleanly, like, clearly, cleanly blocks the 2-2. He has nothing in hand. He's tapped out over. And then I just look at him like, "Uh, okay. And then he goes, oh, I'm at 3. And then he's like, oh, I want to block the 3-3. And I just kind of sit there like, well, and all that that dumb stuff that I shouldn't be thinking about. So he lava axes me. Oh man, is this really gonna happen? Like, am I really like gonna lose because I let this guy take it back? So, but I, I, I did my best to just not, not, not tilt and uh, take game three. So, I did that out. There is a lot of people that think that this new planeswalker system is going to be difficult because a lot of pros in this situation are not like you. You have the ability of being able to go to more events. But there are a lot of pros that have full-time work schedules and yeah. can't schedule the days off. You can, if that it's the way it is, is that really truly fair? I mean, if, if that's the way it is, as far as rating goes, then it, it's just a weird situation, you know. Like we still don't know what's going to happen with the players' club. Like I feel like if if they make the players' club harder to attain as well, then I think it's going to be a problem because. Uh, you know, they they might be able to get the pro points to to stay in the one, and because uh, just because they, they can't, they're not like, just because there's double the grand prix, they're not gonna go to double the grand prix because you know because they have they have work and all that, so they can't you can't just um you can't just uh, double the tournaments and expect players and demand players to get more points to achieve like the same level. Could be a problem next year, but we'll we'll see how it thing plays out. Let's say the pro tour is happening with the new expanded coverage coming up, and now that it's going private, mm-hmm. there's going to be more chance to be on coverage. Actually, at your match being played, does playing a match on camera mean anything different to you? 
it's just, I, I don't know, I, I like getting covered. It's fun. Like, knowing that uh, pe- people are watching me and all that, I don't want it to be any added pressure on me. But it's just, it's just fun. It's fun uh, knowing that people are watching you. You've jumped into the booth once in a while on Gigi's Live. Yeah. And had some fun with that. Yeah. Is that something you would like to do if they said, hey, we could use you for a few rounds. Would you like to come into the booth? Is that something you enjoy doing? No, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, like, I think it's fun. With uh, Dan Jordan and Ali on uh, not Wait, Dan Jordan and uh, Chris Plenty. When we were in Contrasia, that was fun. Can you be critical? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, like, there were there were tons of times where where I definitely didn't agree with either of the players' lines or whatnot, and I would and I just explain what I would do instead. But yeah, I can definitely be critical. Affect anything, or do are most players open to this? Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I think I think I think it's fun. If I could draw you a top eight right now mm-hmm. of a pro tour, sure. including yourself, who would you want in it? A top eight? Yeah. So like, so like, let's say top eight of worlds, right? Yeah, top eight of worlds. Who would you want to be in there? Let's say you're the one seed. Who else would you want to be the other seven? Oh, so I'm in the top eight. Oh, wow, that's nice. Well, yes. <laughs> I want a PB to be there. Uh, Martin Juza, uh, Yuya Watsunabe. All these guys are so good. I don't know if I can win this tournament now. Oh. <laughs> I want Chris Lentz to be there. I like him. Uh, Corey McDuffie. Oh, two more. Two more. I need someone from Europe. Ooh, uh, Alessandro Portaro. I'll take him again. I like I like Alessandro a lot. He he top eight in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That's six. And then the last one, I'd probably say someone like uh, Ben Friedman. He's a he's a he's a kid who's been uh he's been doing a lot of work as of late. Like granted the Star City Open, and uh, now now he's he's taking that success to the Pro Tour. So I want to see him do better. In that scenario, now you've mentioned. You you a lot. Is there, yeah. outside of the fact that you respect his grinding, is there something about him personally or the way he plays that makes you gravitate towards him as that kind of player? I mean, <clears throat> the guy the guy's just a master, you know. Like, uh, he's he's clearly he's clearly the best player right now. I would say towards the beginning of the year, Owen was the best player, but now it's like after this run that you has done. With uh, three finals in a row, two wins. Uh, I mean, the, the guy is just clearly in a league of his own right now. I like to see. I like to see those players uh, play more. I like to see them do better. So, does that in your mind make him a favorite at Worlds? Sure, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a favorite at any tournament he's he's playing at. That's for sure. Like, I, like, I would not be surprised to see him top eight uh, Montreal again. So. Montreal, crossing the border to Canada, is mm-hmm. always a fun experience as I've done driving to Toronto. Does going to a foreign country, even though Canada's right next to us, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to bother you? Is it just the fact that you enjoy exploring new places and stuff like that? I mean, I just, like, I, I just love going to events, and, and yeah, going to places is, is, is always fun. Just uh, get, getting to see all these different places, not not being home, it's a it's a it's a nice experience. If I said Christian Calcano, Pro Tour champion, mm-hmm. what would that mean to you? Oh man, that's uh, you just like, even though for me 
all of this has already been worth it. Like, you know, all the years I've done, I've devoted to magic and uh, traveling and all that. It, it, that's kind of just like validation of, of everything. Very ever done playing magic. Like that, that, that would be like, you know, this was all worth it. Do you think that it's possible with the expansion of the GP circuit that the player of the year chase may be stretched as far as it's, there seems to be a lot more GPs in America than say in Europe or Asia. Does that mean, does that mean that it's going to be more American based that's going to be Pro Tour Players of the Year? I mean, it's possible. Like, yeah, right now I think there's only like three Grand Prix in Europe in this first half. Is there like eight in America? So that's, like, that's not exactly fair, I would say. And that's like another, one of the, also one of the problems that people have with the, um, Planeswalker Point system. That system kind of caters to America more than anyone else. Like those, uh, those top 65 other players, they'll most likely all be from America. Just cause we have all the, we have all the tournaments with the, all the big multipliers. Whereas they, Europe and Asia, they don't really have that. So the player of the year title will probably be, will probably be an American most of the time. But definitely, like, for the Planeswalker points thing, like, the, those, uh, those top 65 events, I think the majority of them will be American for sure. Were you surprised when you saw the list of who is up there this year if the Planeswalker points system would be there? I mean, like, it was definitely some, like, like, you see those names and you're, and those, those aren't the people that you're like, wow, these people did well enough to, you know, queue for the Pro Tour, but, I mean, that's just, it's what the system does. It, it, it rewards the players who play well and are consistent, uh, while they're playing, and that's, that's Alice Bernaccini, you know? He's definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely that. Was there a problem? With the system previously, that you would see people sit on their points. I mean, I, I was one of them. That's for sure. I, I definitely, I sat like, like, like in one of the situations where it sucked was uh, Grand Prix Toronto. Grand Prix Toronto. Like this, there were two two instances. Nick Spagnolo, he went to Toronto, and his rating was I want to say like twenty nine, and uh, the the cutoff for for Worlds at that point, which was the week after was like the rating was maybe like twenty seventy something around there. Or twenty like no it's what I'm sorry, it was like fifty or fifty five Q folks on rating. And Nick knew that if he lost one match, especially if it was early, he had to drop in a tournament if he still wanted to go to Worlds, which is in Japan. And he just he he drove up all the way to the Toronto, got his seal deck, round four, lost, and dropped in the tournament. So, you know, that that and that sucks. And for me, like I had, I had a lot of, uh, like I could lose twice, and I, and maybe a third time still up by. So I just I stuck in there, and uh, I started seven zero in, in the tournament, four zero after the buys, and then I, I ended up eight and two after after the first day, and then I owed my first spot, and I just had to drop because uh, I wanted to queue for rolls on rating, even though I had fourteen pro points. So had I like won out and gotten the pro point, then the rating wouldn't have mattered because I could have used the pro point 
the, I could use the level three to go to Worlds. But instead, I, I had to drop out and risk, so I don't risk losing my invite. Let's say now that day two comes to mm-hmm. to the GPs and Pro Tours and stuff. Is it going to be an advantage for everybody at the event that, let's say you were 8-2 and you dropped the next two, now you're 8-4, you realize there's no chance of making top eight, and top 16 is very highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. But it's an advantage for the people to be there because you will still grind because there's points on the line. Isn't that not better for the people that are there watching? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, for the spectators, yeah, it's definitely better. And it's, it's, I think it's better for, for the players who are trying to get a result, you know? Like, players players who you're probably going to play a pro now, even if you have four losses or something, or three losses in day one of a Grand Prix, just because, you know, they're, they're going to try and get the plays walker points. And, you know, play, playing against pros, it, it definitely makes you better. Part of MTG Chicago, correct? That's my current sponsor, yeah. There's obviously, as you're ascending up the ranks here, there's opportunities to move in different directions. Is that something that you would be looking forward to because of the opportunity to work with different people? Like, let's use an example. Let's say let's say Channel Fireball came up to you and said, we would like you to join our team, and that would allow you to work with Luis in that group. Or let's say Star City Games came up to you and said, we would like you to join your group and say Jerry and AJ are putting something together. Mm-hmm. Would that be a benefit for you to have something like that happen? Absolutely. Definitely. definitely it will give me the best chance to win at a, at a tournament. Just being in, in, the, in a group like that and just, like, just knowing that everyone in the group is better than you and... Uh, you, you have you have a lot to learn from them. Like you, you'll know overall, you're you're gonna do better at events. So so yeah, def, that that would definitely be something I'd I'd be interested in. Well, let's do it right now. Let's make a pitch. Let's make your pitch right now for why why you should be a part of Channel Fireball or Star City Games or whoever. Make a pitch for me. Huh, I'm so bad at these games. I, I'll put in the hours. I'm, that's, like I'm, I'm, like basically, I'm the kind of person that if if I like it, when I when I want something, I'm gonna work hard to get it. Basically, being on the pro tour and, and getting on the highest level is, is what I want. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best to get it, and I'll, I'm gonna give it 100%. So that's that's about all I can do. Yes. My whole thing is, is since the Yosef interview, watching what happened before Pro Tour Philadelphia with that whole power group with Nelson and, and Kibler and all those guys coming together and grinding it out and putting something together that, granted, they all didn't do the same deck, but they spent so much time working on it together that it yeah. made a difference. Brad Nelson had his best finish in a pro tour this year, in the season, working with that group. Absolutely. I'm always looking forward as far as my vision for what I see of Magic, and maybe that's why I enjoy working mm-hmm. when I had AJ on and I have yourself on, because but I'm always looking to see five years from now who's going to be that group. Yeah. 
I would like to see yourself get a part of one of these teams or get a part of a new team and get this happening because I put up a Twitter post today saying how many Channel Fireball players are going to make the top 16 this weekend. And the only reason why is it's because they work together and they do all that stuff and it makes such a difference. Yeah. And I would like to have that kind of be more expanded as far as my options for that. I'm looking to people like yourself and Alex and AJ to get this together and make this happen. I'm hoping that when get people listen to this, a lot of people listen to this, and let's hope we can get this together because I would enjoy seeing another group out there. Yeah. Because back in the day, there were power groups that were you know, put together. Of I, I'd always, like, I, I, I follow the coverage a lot. I, I would go back and see coverage and of all the teams like YNG, Target. Even, even like, there was a European team where it was, like, also, like a bunch of Swedish guys. As always, it so, yeah, like, I feel like it's definitely time to, to definitely get something going as far as the team goes. But, I mean, we're just, I don't know, we're, we're all... Kind of like it's we're we're just like it's like everyone's just waiting for it to happen, but no one's really doing anything to make it happen, you know. Well, that's one thing that I'm trying to encourage tremendously. I want to see, uh, even if it's like in the rudimentary stages of just starting, it'll take time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Channel Fireball just didn't come together and all suddenly win everything. It developed. Yeah, I'm hoping that people like yourself. And AJ, and like I said before, get this together and make this happen. And I can't stress this enough. I will, I'm going to get Alex on here for an interview after the run that goes on. And I'm highly encouraging this because I really want to see Magic played at the best level. Yeah. And when you talked about it, you might not have played that elf combo deck yeah. had you been with a different group. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't have played. Like, I'm also, I'm so bad at, like, going with the first thing. My first thing was to play Zoo. Because, uh, I just know, like, I know I can play it. I mean, anyone can play it, for sure. But it, it's also, like, like, my, like, it's definitely, it's a style of play that I like. You know, I, I don't like playing all these cards and, and just doing one big thing. Uh, you know, I just, I like attacking. I like in, I like interacting with my opponents, you know, and that's not a, what a combo deck does. Like just knowing that that it wasn't my style, I should not have played elves. But I I am going and I showed uh, how bad of a decision that was. So, so twelve posts wouldn't have worked for you either. Uh no, like yeah, it's, I, I, I I that was one of the other decks. I, I was just like. I didn't want to play it because I felt it was like too combo-ish, and the reason why I played Elves over 12 posts was because Elves would combo before 12 posts. Like 12 posts would normally combo on turn 4, whereas Elves comboed on turn 3 most of the time, so I'm just like, if I can just figure out how to play this deck, I think I'll do well. Yeah, but that wasn't the case, obviously. That's very interesting to hear. Um, you have work today. I do not want to keep you before you go to work. I do want to thank yeah. you for your time. It it means a lot to me, and like I said, I will be seeing you at Worlds because that's where that's my true. my next event will be that I will be at. Thanks. And uh, good luck this weekend in Montreal. Montreal, yeah, thanks. Like I said, don't hesitate 
to get more involved. I mean, you do a lot of networking when you play. You do. You, you talk to a lot of guys and so on and so forth, but there's such opportunity here with you guys, and I just want to see you guys run with it. Mm-hmm. On that note, this has been another episode of the Men of Magic with Christian Calcano, soon to be hopefully Pro Tour champion, world champion, right? Uh, Grand Prix Montreal champion. Grand Prix Montreal champion. Milan. Got to try and win them all, you know? Absolutely. Well, thank you again for coming on this week, and we will talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Men of Magic. You can contact me at themenofmagic at gmail.com, on Twitter under The Men of Magic, or my personal account, The Beamy. This is Robert Martin, and again, thank you for listening.